You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It is a Friday fun show. November the 4th, 2022. It's crunch time here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. What's going on, Matt Miguez here? Oh, that was a little high pitch, but okay. Um, Producer, co-host, man, the myth, the legend. All the above. <laughs> Everything similar. In, insert description. In, in, indubitably. Mr. James Mesh. Yes. What's up, buddy? It's a Friday. It is a Friday. Feeling good. <laughs> you, you should be. It, it, the, the, the light is here. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So close. So close. Yes, so, so far. I want to start a new segment. And not really a new segment, but like a new minute of the opening segment of the show. And, and I'm going to call it the, the craziest thing I've seen today. Okay. You ready for this? So No, this, I'm not ready. This weekend at Phoenix Raceway yes. is the NASCAR championship. You're down to the final four drivers. Now, for those of you that don't follow NASCAR, all 40 full-time drivers still race in the championship race. However, only four of them are eligible to win the championship. It's weird how they do it. Uh, if if I even understand it correctly, whoever fin- out of, of the four championship drivers, whoever finishes in the highest position wins the championship. So that's how they do that. But anyways, not really. This is, this is off the track. So the headline reads, High-flying attraction will provide bird's-eye view of Phoenix Raceway during NASCAR championship weekend. It is based out of a company, it's a company called Dinner in the Sky Canada. It is a table-like platform that is going to be suspended 150 feet in the air over the racetrack or behind the racetrack-ish. Anyways, 12 people can sit on it at a time for up to 30 minutes at a time. And, and it's literally a, a table that you're going to sit in, suspended in the air, and watch the race. And certain guests will be able to receive food and beverage service up there. So here's, here's my question. Where's the food coming from? You're 150 feet in the air. Is there going to be a little rope that they're just going to like... Move the food up to like how neighboring hot air balloons, right? Like, how are you gonna do a carrier pigeon? Like, <laughs> how is this happening? It's gotta be one strong pigeon, and then also, obviously, I can because I'm looking at a picture of the table, but it's where is a, a server going to even stand? Th- this makes now, obviously, is it a cool concept? Of course. You know, sure. They're they're trying to, you know, figure out new ways to to get people excited and whatever and it's great. But but my question it, it's one of those things where it's a great concept in theory. 
but I'm I have many many questions about the execution of this. But I digress. This looks like a death trap. Yeah, see, thank you. It's very it's very strange. You know you, you know what this concept reminds me of? You know like the the almost kind of beer runs you do where the, it's like the beer mile? Yeah. Where you have like you, a traveling bar and like you're moving as you're pedaling. Oh, though yeah. Yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, reminds yeah. me of this. Yeah. Very very similar. Except this is Except that's up. in the air. <laughs> 150 <laughs> feet in the air. Um, while, while cars below you go 200 miles an hour. Yeah, you know, what what could go wrong? I think this is foolproof. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, so, once again, NASCAR down to their final four. The race will be on Sunday. Uh, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Ross Chastain, and Christopher Bell are your final four. And both Logano and Chastain... No, excuse me. Both Logano and Elliott are past champions, and so they are going for their second NASCAR championship. But away from NASCAR now, how about the Houston Astros? What did I what did I say before they went to Philly? You needed two, and I said four and I said four and five were must wins. You did, you did. I said you needed to take two out of three, whether that was three and five. Or that was three and four, or whatever, you needed two in Philly. Well, you got four and five when your backs were against the wall. And now the Astros are coming home and looking to close it out. You know, this would be the first time that they win a World Series at home. Yeah, because they, they had won in, it. In 2017, you won it in LA. Yep. This would be the first time that they would lift the trophy in front of their own fans in H Town. That's massive. I was gonna say, what a poetic ending. That's massive. Um, I don't think. I don't think. Uh, I don't think most Hollywood directors or scriptwriters could write a better script. The storylines write themselves. Dusty wins his first championship. J- JV finally gets the World Series monkey off his back. He, he gets that win. Pitched well. He pitched well. You go. You're down two one in the series. In Philly, you need to win the last two Philly games to give yourself a good chance. You win the second one in an ugly fashion. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. You got it done, though. But you got it done. You got it done. And then you finish. And now. And then you finish in Houston to win the championship in front of your home crowd. And now you're going home and Framber's on the mound. Oh. <laughs> Speaking, okay, so talking about that game last night, we talked. It was ugly. That oh, was, it was it that was. was a tough game to watch. There were a lot of mistakes by both teams, but you know what made it so much better? What's that? Being live in studio, watching Foot freak oh, out. God, that was beautiful. I, I love I love Kevin Foot. That that was hard. To if watch. you if you ever wonder if Kevin Foot is just putting it on for a show, he's not. He's not. He's not. That is legit. Whatever he says on radio, that that is him. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's his family too. Oh, his family 100%. is the same way. There were uh, there were five foots in here last night, and it was absolutely bananas. So here's the thing. Let, let, let's talk about Verlander's performance. He pitched well. 
You gave up the early bomb to Schwarber. Yeah, on the second pitch. Which, second pitch of the game, oh. which was, I mean, you just. That was awful. You handed it to him on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. You lofted it up right there for him, and he just, I mean, he took advantage of it. But after that, you settled down. You know, people can sit here and complain that he walked four batters. Okay. And he didn't have he didn't have a spectacular 9, 10, 11 strikeout game. But guess what? Those four walks, none of them turned into runs. Correct. He struck out six batters. He gave you five innings and he gave you the he, opportunity. You he, he struck out six. Struck out six, that's what I mean. And he gave you five innings and he gave you the opportunity to use as minimal of your bullpen as possible. And they also stretched him out to five. Yep. That way he did just enough, and that way he would be credited with getting the win as a pitcher. That way he got that monkey off his And then his look, back. Hector Neris only pitched two-thirds. He's going to be available Saturday. Rafael Montero. He pitched the third of an inning. Stressed some people out, oh. myself included. Oh, man. Uh, but foot, he'd be available. freaking out about Montero. He'd be available. Uh, one guy who I think they're going to try to avoid using is Ryan Presley. Yeah, they've been going to it a lot, going to him a lot lately, and he's pitched long outings. He has like tw- twenty six pitches last night. Can we see Luis Garcia? I, th- I think you, I think you will. Uh, like I, think I mean, that'd be nice. I think you'll see Jose Urquidy. Can we see Hunter Brown? Can we see Hunter Brown? Can- Thank you. Can we see Ryan Stanek? Where has that kid been? Can we get Ryan Stanek uh, to end the game? Uh, Ryan Stanek's made me nervous recently. Really? I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying I wouldn't give him a chance, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That that makes me nervous. But no, Hunter Brown, Jose Arquiti, Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia. Like, I want six innings out of Framber. I'm tired of seeing the same three pitchers to relieve. Right. Like, as nice as Abreu is, has Abreu's, been. Abreu's been good. And as nice as Ryan Presley has been. Yep. I'll, I'm tired of seeing him. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm tired of seeing the same three pitchers. Where's Will Smith been? The only lefty you have on the on the World Series roster. Haven't gone to him. I want Framber for six innings. And then I want you to get some relievers in there to shut the door. Can we get and then can we get Luis for two? Sure. Can we get Luis for two and then go to somebody else for the last inning? Sure. To get the final three. Can it be Hunter Brown? That'd be that'd be awesome. Because here's my thing. I get it. He's a rookie, but look at what the other rookie's done. But here's the here's here's the thing. You got to look at it long term. If you don't re-sign Verlander, Hunter Brown's a starter next year. Hunter Brown's in the starting rotation next year. You go Fromber, Christian Javier, Hunter Brown, Hunter Brown, Lance McCullers. That, unless you move McCullers, unless you make to him a the reliever, third, or make him a reliever, or you go sign a, a different pitcher and free agency. Yeah, you and you might sign a different p- pitcher and move McCullers to reliever because I've heard a lot of people recently say that they feel that McCullers would be better suited for a reliever. Spot and I don't know that I necessarily disagree. It's hard. It it is hard to kind of disagree with that argument. I don't. Um, I, I'm not mad at that idea. So yeah, I mean you you need to get Hunter Brown some experience. 
Because if he's going to get into the rotation next year, if the Astros are able to make another World Series run next year, I don't want, you know, game three of the World Series to be his first taste. I want him to walk into that situation and go, hmm, I've been here before. So I think you got to get Hunter Brown at least something. Something. Even if he only faces a batter. Like, just give him a just, taste. Just getting on that mound, throwing a few pitches. Yeah, give him a taste of the World Series. Knowing that he did this in the World Series, even though it won't be a lot, it could still go a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, again, the Astros lead the series 3-2. to two. Game 6 is tomorrow. First pitch is at 7.03, and you can listen to it all on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM and 15.20 AM. And even to add on to that, the New Orleans Saints on Monday night will be taking on the Baltimore Ravens for Monday night football, and the game will help you get ready for the primetime matchup. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh will be broadcasting live from Twin Peaks on Johnson Street from 4 to 6. So come hang out with James and I, enjoy the ice-cold beverages, tasty burgers, and more this Monday night as the Saints take on the Ravens. Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views, hotline wide open throughout the show. 337-706-0111. Barry McKnight, the radio voice of the Troy Trojans, will join us at 4.30. And we will do a whole lot more, including James and I will make our picks for the weekend. You are listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Crunch Time on a Friday. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, and you... 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast at Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. As a reminder, Thursday Night Football was last night, and the Philadelphia Eagles remain undefeated after they take down the Texans 29 29- to 17. Are we really shocked about that, though? So, no. Okay. (laughs) I just want to make sure. However, I'm going to give credit where it's due. The Texans made it a game for a while. They made it a game for a lot longer than I thought they would. I was going to say, they they were the one who put up the first score. I will will give them that that credit, that they, they were in that game a lot longer than I thought they would be. Uh, but, you know, the, the Eagles scored 15 points in the second half to the Texans three. And look at that. That was the difference. Um, Jalen Hurts. Solid outing. It's just that guy. He's just that guy. Um, Damian Pierce. He's just that guy. That cat is good. I mean, really good. 
I'm gonna hold on to my my Damian Pierce rookie card for for a little bit longer. If anybody's a card collector out there, I mean, we can we can talk. <laughs> we can do business. We can talk. Um, so yeah, first eight and no start in franchise history for the Eagles. Are they the NFC representative in the Super Bowl? Like I said, I pick them and the Bills to be the AFC and NFC representatives. But I do find it interesting. <laughs> I was uh, there are a couple meme accounts that I follow on Instagram that are NFL related, and and he the the account even admits that they think that the Eagles are a top three team, but it's it's still funny because when you look at it. The, the teams that they had beat and kind of like the situation that it was that they beat them. You beat a one and six Lions team that by three points. So it doesn't look good. Now, they're really, now the Lions, they're really good at scoring points. They're an offensive team and they won 38 35. Yeah, their defense can't stop anybody. No, they, 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 they couldn't. No. <laughs> one of the highest scoring offenses in the league and they're one and six. That's that's such a weird dynamic. <laughs> Kirk Cousins in primetime because we we know we know how infamous he is on primetime. Do we? Yes. Is that sarcasm? No. He Kirk Cousins is notably terrible. He's like okay, so, you, he's, so like, you are, he's like two and nine all okay, time in primetime games. I'm just I'm just making sure we're on the same page because I that that's what I'm getting at is that he's been horrible in primetime. Yeah. Okay. The Commanders. Now the Commanders aren't that bad of a team. They are four and four. Yeah, they're they're not bad. But it, it's still, I mean, it's the Commanders. Okay, while we're on the Commanders, let's stop there for a second. Okay. I find it absolutely comedic gold that Taylor Heineke buys a pair of Air Force Ones in the team's colors after every win. Did you see that? I have not seen that, no. After every win, he goes to, he. he's either got a shoe guy, because you know how when you get to that level, you know, you, you have just guys. Got, you got connections. You've got guys. Um, I don't know if he has a shoe guy or if he has a store that, that carries like all kinds of Air Force Ones or what. And he's just been a loyal customer. Um, he buys a pair of Air Force Ones in the team's colors that he had beaten the week before. So like after they beat the Packers oh, a couple okay, weeks ago. Okay. He showed up to the press conference that week wearing green and gold Air Force Ones. See, I thought you were saying that he was wearing like that maroon and gold. Like he, he would buy like a commander's pair colors. No, I thought he was just kept buying. No, those. no, no. He buys the colors of the team that he had beaten. Ah, he himself or the team does. He himself. Okay, so it's on, so he's only got like seven pairs of shoes. Oof. Oof. <laughs> That's rough. Don't don't discount the man like that. He might be the starter going forward. I mean, who else are you gonna turn to? Carson Wentz? Yikes. You drafting somebody? You need more help than just a quarterback. Maybe that's where CJ Stroud goes. Oh God, no. The commanders and, and this is this is no disrespect to our guy RP three, but dude, the commanders are slowly starting to feel like the 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 place where careers go to die. You saw that Jeff Bezos? Is buying might be buying the commanders. Him and uh Oh, who is oh, it? Who was it? Wasn't it wasn't Kanye. I'm gonna look it up. 
there was it was it was him and a rapper. They were they were gonna team up and uh and buy the uh look to buy the commanders. God. Cause that man needs more money. I mean literally swims Jay Z. Jay Z. Literally swims in hundred dollar bills. But you know, let's buy a football franchise. I saw a thing the other day. The commanders could be worth ten billion dollars. No shot. No shot. Nobody pays ten billion dollars for that team. I mean, hell, Bezos might. I was. I remember. I remember there was a website where you could buy. Like here, here's the things that you could buy with either Jeff Bezos' money or Elon right. Musk's money. Right. It was like you could buy all 32 NFL franchises and you barely make a dent. Right, right. Be- Bezos would be like, hmm, 10 mil? Did somebody get my checkbook? Like, oh, I got go- that in my pocket. Hold on. Oh, God. Oh. Poll question of the day. What matchup this weekend are you most ready for? East Illinois versus McNeese. Troy versus the Cajuns, Bama versus LSU, the Phyllis Phillies <laughs> versus the Astros. Nice, nice typo there, the James. Fighting, okay. The fighting Phyllis. The, fight, the fighting Phyllis. Um, there, there's an obvious choice here. I mean, it's Bama LSU, right? I did appease everybody. Oh no! I mean, I totally understand. I totally understand the choices. I think the, I think the consensus, though, but is, there's there's is an obvious choice LSU here. Bama. Um, even though the Astros are a game away from winning the World Series, more people in the state are going to be watching LSU Alabama. If anything, the Astros will be on their phone. They'll pull it up on their phone. Um, I am going to be at the Cajuns game, so you know, the ESPN app. Or you know any sports app for that matter is going to to get me through in terms of scores and, and keeping me up to date with what's going on uh, because once again I'll, I'll be at the Cajuns game as they play Troy for Senior Day. Uh, speaking of that game, we're about to be joined by Barry McKnight, the radio voice of the Troy Trojans. We'll get a preview of the Trojans as they head down to Acadiana. Uh, they've got a linebacker by the name of Carlton Marshall who is closing in on the FBS career tackles record. Uh, I want to say he needs like 20 more to to break the record. So he'll break it by the end of the season. Oh, sure. yeah. He'll, he'll have it by the end of the year. It'll be tough um, to do it this game. He is 18 away. It'll be tough to do it this game, but I, I think he'll get it within yeah. the next two. He is 18 tackles away. From breaking Luke Keekley's record of five thirty-two, and, and we talk about high amount of tackles. That reminds me of that one. I think it was that twenty fifteen game at Carolina for the Saints, where Luke Keekley had twenty-four tackles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Some some notable, some very notable names on this list of career tackles in college football: Eric Kendricks, uh, B- Brian London. Bobby Wagner, Manti Teo, Josie Jewell is on here. You you've got some you've got some guys. Bumper Pool is is thirtieth on the list. He's currently at the University of Arkansas. 
There's some big names on this list, but once again, Carlton Marshall just 18 tackles away. 18. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. He could break in a Cajun field tomorrow. Let's go to the hotline, 706-0111-T. What's up? What's up, Mr. Mim? How are you, good, sir? Matt. I'm good. Hey, I've got a quick question. I'll hang up and listen after I ask. If it rains tomorrow night for the LSU game and it's sloppy, who has that advantage? I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. Alabama. If it starts raining, Alabama has the advantage. Alabama's a better running team than than LSU is. And I'm not knocking LSU's running game. They have a strong one when it's on. But you got a running back like Jameer Gibbs. A wet game benefits Alabama. Um, Now, that's not to say... LSU couldn't make plays. I, I think LSU could win a rainy game against Alabama, but who do I on paper? Who do I think it benefits? It benefits Alabama. Going back to the cages, real quick, real quick. Clint, you know the absolute maniac that he is with sports betting. Uh-huh. Of course, he sends me the prop bet for a uh, for Troy. Troy's linebacker. He said the over under is uh, around nine and a half for tackles. Yeah, I mean, so if you if you look at his season thus far, and this is in order of the schedule: eleven, mm-hmm. four, eighteen, twelve, seven, eleven, eight. I think he gets six or seven. I think he gets more than that. You think he gets more? I, I think I think he be I think he comes dangerously close to breaking it. I think he gets like fourteen. Oh, I thought, okay, yeah. Because I was thinking you're probably about to say like fifteen. Yeah, I think I think he gets I think he gets like fourteen tackles. I, you, I, if if Troy wins, and he has fourteen, are you you giving him your player of the game? Oh God, yeah. Oh God, yeah. I mean, what, the, what if somebody has like two interceptions? Doesn't matter. Fourteen tackles. It's Carlton Marshall. It's Carlton Marshall. The dude has done it year in and year out in his in his time at Troy. I mean, it's just uncanny the numbers that he has put up. His tackle numbers while at Troy, his freshman year, 76. His sophomore year, 127, 114, 126. And so far this year, he has 71. That's uncanny numbers. He's about to have a career day against the Cajuns tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised. Would not be surprised. Let's take a time out here. Uh, We'll be joined by Barry McKnight on the other side. Right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on its Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
Rocking and rolling here on a Friday afternoon. It's time to talk Louisiana Raging Cajuns as they prepare to take on the Troy Trojans tomorrow for Senior Day at Cajun Field. Barry McKnight from the ESPN Plus Network for Troy Trojans, as well as the radio voice of the Troy Trojans, joins us now. Barry, thanks for taking the time, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. We are about 45 minutes from getting to Baton Rouge and and getting situated and getting ready for this one tomorrow afternoon. Certainly looking forward to it, no question. Yeah, it's gonna it's definitely gonna be a fun one. Always a good time when when Troy and Louisiana get together. Troy, you know, having an excellent season so far in in twenty twenty two. You know, just kind of give me your thoughts on on the the season as a whole. Well, it, I, I can't help but but feel human and and look back. We're six and two right now. But I look back and think, golly, if we had just knocked down a pass against Appalachian State in week two, we'd be seven and one. We'd be undefeated in the league and all that. But since that loss, and you know, that was such a weird time anyway, with college game day being in Boone and all that, and Troy dominated that game until the very final bit. And since that time, Troy has reacted magnificently. It's a five game winning streak for this team, largely because of, of the defense and some really timely offense. Uh, And what I think has been the most compelling thing about this team is every week there's a little bit more confidence, there's a little bit more belief. The culture is outstanding right now under first-year head coach John Sumrall, and and it feels like it's one of those team of destiny kind of things. Of course, we can come into Lafayette, roll into Cajun Field, and give a lot back tomorrow afternoon. But at least to this point of this season, the defense has been great offense has been timely it's not been super terrific or anything but you know they've been able to find ways to win in the Sunbelt Conference in in a sense where over the last three years Troy was so close in so many Sunbelt games that they came up on the wrong side of this year these games are going Troy's way and I think belief and chemistry and confidence has a lot to do with that you know, you touched on the culture that, that John Summerall ha- has put together. That was actually my next question. I mean, the the way that he's had his players just buy in so quickly has really been impressive. Well, it's the quickness of it that has been the most unforeseen thing. I, you know, we knew Coach Summerall back when he was an assistant coach here, and we knew that he would get the he would get the culture established. What I didn't realize is that he would get established by week three of his very first year. And it's been, it's been really a, uh, a testament to his personality. I mean, he's so exuberant. He's so energetic. He's so positive. But he is so tough that, um, you know, everybody knows what's expected of them. Everybody knows the standard by which they're expected to to adhere both in the classroom, on the field, in the community, and all that. And with a really unique blend of young talent and some excellent senior leadership, uh, it has been that way. Coach Sumrall, we give him a lot of the credit for it and the staff uh, for establishing that culture. But I'll submit to you, if it wasn't for guys like Carlton Marshall, the linebacker, K.J. Robertson, the linebacker, Austin Stidham on the offensive line, um, D.K. Billingsley, running backs, uh, Del Pettis and Craig Slocum in the defensive backfield, that, that would have taken a lot longer to um, you know, to inculcate in this team, it's been great to uh, to see that happen, and it's been great to see the seniors provide the uh, provide the 
the litmus test for uh, how quickly that uh, that culture could be established. Now, you know, looking at the quarterback situation, it's kind of been an interesting one. Uh, you know, in the offseason, Gunnar Watson, it appeared, would be the guy. But then you bring in mm-hmm. Jared Dagey from West Virginia, who was a 10,000-yard passer with the Mountaineers. And now, you know, you've kind of got, like I said, an interesting quarterback scenario. Who Who starts tomorrow? That's a good question. Uh, and it's been a week-by-week Thing. It, it's, it's more like field than, than anything else. And when you look at those two together, they have started a jillion games between Gunnar Watson and Jared Dakey. They have thrown for over 18,000 yards in their college careers. Dakey was the X factor, obviously. He didn't come in until two weeks uh, before the start of the season, but he had so much experience. And Gunnar was a guy who had you know, had been in the offense since January and who had started 16 games heading into this season. So you had two guys with experience, but one guy with a little bit more experience in the offense. What's been curious is, is that Troy is 6-2 and two and in first place in the, in the Sun Belt West without a really settled situation at quarterback. Last time out, Jared Dagey got the opportunity against South Alabama, and he wasn't as effective as we had seen him off the bench. Gunner came in at the end of that ball game and salted it away for Troy in a in a defensive struggle. So you know it looks as though each of them has a lot to offer, and I think offensive coordinator Joe Craddock is just kind of going by by feel. You know who looks better in practice, who maybe matches up better against the upcoming opposition, and what they're going to what they're going to try to force him to do. Um, there's not a settled situation at starting quarterback right now, and I really would not be surprised if it continues that way the entire season. Looking at the Troy backfield, Barry, you brought up DK Billingsley a second ago. You also have Kamani Vidal back there as well. You know, even with injuries, you know, Vidal's had a couple of major injuries throughout his career. Even mm-hmm. with guys, you know, not being a hundred percent, this is still a very strong backfield for the Trojans. The the identity going into the season was that, that you're going to run the football, be physical, and play defense. And uh, that's a good recipe for anybody. But the first half of the season in September, Troy wasn't running the football well at all. They, the offensive line was in a state of transition. They had a new coach, obviously, and were trying to, to figure things out technique-wise and everything. But lately, it has really evolved. It's, I, I would like, rather than evolved, I would say matured as much as anything else. D.K. Billingsley, he had nearly a 1,000-yard year uh, three years ago, hadn't done anything the last two years, and he has been rejuvenated this year. He and Vidal are both very similar backs. They're virtually interchangeable. They're, they're, they're small, stockier kind of running backs. Neither one of them I would consider to be a threat as a home run hitter, but they are you know, very good between the tackles. They're very good at getting uh, – getting to the hold and all that. And, you know, especially lately, I mentioned how timely the offense has been to, to get scores when they've absolutely needed to or to get first downs. It's been especially the case at the end of games where Troy lately, the South Alabama game's an example, the uh, the Marshall game was an example that we won. Uh, when you get a lead late with our, with our defense, which is really, really good, to be able to use that running game to, to put the game on ice, 
has been really a godsend for this team. And that is something that I know tomorrow, especially, you know, because we're expecting wet weather. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive both teams' primary directive number one is to try to establish the running game, if it's a sloppy field especially, and try to use that to set up whatever else on offense they want to try to do. Barry McKnight joining us here on Crunch Time. You know, looking at the defense for Troy, it's just been so spectacular this season, and that's really been led by, by Carlton Marshall yet again. Uh, yeah. Now 18 tackles away from the FBS record. I don't know that he's going to break it tomorrow, but, I mean, anything's possible, right? If he does, I like our chances. I can, t- <laughs> I can tell you that for sure. It's been such a great story, and, and you know, I've talked about this before. You know, he's only five feet nine, maybe. He's listed at 216 pounds, maybe. But what he is is a football player. Uh, you know, he is Coach Sumrall, who coached linebackers in the SEC for quite a while. He said he's the most instinctive linebacker he's ever coached, and and what what he does not just in terms of productivity but also in terms of the entire defense, is he makes everybody else around him better. Nobody fits in the wrong gaps. Nobody takes the wrong uh, stunt. Nobody, you know, nobody lines up in the wrong spot. And a lot of that is because of Carlton. Uh, he knows what he's doing out there. The defense, you're right, especially the front seven. The front seven's as good as we've ever had at Troy collectively. We've had OCU Manure and we've had DeMarcus Ware and, and Mario Addison and some NFL guys. Because of their ability to run, they, they can all move. And that's going to be a key to the game. Wildridge, we watched the tape last week against Southern Miss, and when they were able to get to him, they were able to make him uh, really doubtful of himself in the pocket. He made some mistakes that I think were a lot of it were centered around um, the contact he was getting. And that certainly is something Troy has been able to do all year, and there's no question it's going to be something they're going to try to do tomorrow, to try to pop Wildridge around a little bit and see if they can uh, – and see if they can get him a little bit anxious in the pocket. So you you, you talked earlier about the the season as a whole, starting one and two, ripping off a five game mm-hmm. win streak. Now you're first in the Sun Belt West. You know, obviously having experience with John Summerall, maybe there was a little bit of an expectation there when he became the head coach. But did did fans expect it to happen this quickly? They really didn't. I, they knew that it was a that it was a talented team. There were obviously some questions coming in. But again, the last couple of years, Troy had been so close to um, to winning some really critical ball games that could have gotten them bowl eligible. So we knew that it was to the football, the, um, in the receiving core, and things of that nature, plus a really, really tough schedule. So you, you, you didn't really know what kind of a schedule he would be on. But you knew uh, as soon as he got in, I mean, he blew into this town like a, like a warm breeze. And, man, you could tell immediately in the, uh, in the football difference. You knew it was going to happen eventually, but it's been a real uh, eye-opener to see how quickly it has happened. Now, you know, if you can look ahead a little bit, you know, if Troy can get out of Lafayette uh, fortunate enough to get a victory tomorrow – then you've got a home game against Army. Then you've got two games left against ULM at home and at Arkansas State. So, you know, he's not going to get ahead of himself, but I can. Uh, it, it, this is such a critical game for Troy, leading the division. If we can get out of Lafayette uh, victorious, 
the rest of the schedule sets up really, really well. Um, you can't presuppose it all, but it sure would look good. Lastly, Barry, give me give me your keys to victory for the Trojans tomorrow. Well, run the football. Uh, we've mentioned that they need to do that, uh, and they've been able to do that really, really well. I, and I think certainly turnovers is going to be a key. Louisiana has been one of the best in the country at creating turnovers. Troy has had difficulty at times protecting the quarterback. I, I think I think it's going to be a, at a premium for both schools to try their best to keep their quarterback upright because I know both schools are really going to get after the quarterback. So, uh, you know, it, it, Turnovers could be a big part in this just because both clubs are adept in doing it. It's a sloppy track, so I don't know how secure the football is going to be. It may come down to something like that. But at the very end, if Troy is in the football game and they have a chance to, to run the football and salt away a victory, uh, I really like Troy's chances. Barry McKnight, the radio voice of the Troy Trojans, joining us. Barry, really appreciate you taking the time. Have a safe rest of your trip down here to to Cajun country. Have a great call tomorrow, and we'll talk to you again. That sounds very good. Thank you for the time. And there he goes, Barry McKnight, the radio voice of the Troy Trojans. The Houston Astros one win away from winning the World Series, and they will look to do it tomorrow night at Minute Maid Park. You can listen to every pitch, clutch hit, and thrilling moment of Game 6 on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM, with Astro Launch beginning at 6.30 and first pitch set for 7.03. Once again, News Talk 98.5 FM and 15.20 AM from the Juice Box. Take a timeout, wrap up our number one on the other side. You are listening to The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Just a couple minutes left here in hour number one before we get to hour number two. Welcome back to Crunch Time here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. We have a game Monday night with the Saints, and to me, this one could make or break the season almost. Uh, yeah? You think? I know. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. You're what, 3-5? and five? You're 3-5. and five. You're going against a 5-3 and three team. Now, you do have the division that has not been as good as it used to be. Everybody's kind of on a downslope. You, has... you got Baker Mayfield now doing scout team Red defense. Scout defense. The the division has has been, what's the lackluster? What's the? Mm, I mean, yes, but not really the pas bon. There it is, pas bon. No good. See, if you were on the see if I if I could put that on the Miguez bingo, I feel like I'd have a bingo at this point. I mean, you probably would. We need to make a Miguez bingo. That, I think we need I, to I do a Miguez and mesh bingo. I, I think it's I think it's so rude that that RP three and Foot got bingos, but you know. There's no bingo about me. We I'm, can be- tr- I'm the best one here. We can try and come up with one. I'm the best one here. How is there no bingo about me? Okay. I mean, God, man. Now we talk about the Saints, but they do have some opponent, some divisional opponents that play this weekend. They play against a couple of LA teams in the Chargers yeah. with the Falcons and then the Bucks with the Rams and then the Bucks with the Rams. But man, if you want to bet on those games, you can. And you, where exactly you can do that? You can do that on FanDuel Sportsbook because one of the things I love about betting on the NFL is that I'm always finding new players or game props that I like, 
And what's cool about FanDuel is that you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. Perfect for Sunday's Rams-Bucks game. I'll take a Cooper Cup anytime touchdown. I'll take also a Leonard Fournette anytime touchdown. While taking the Rams money line. Same game parlays are just one of the reasons why I bet with FanDuel. You get fast withdrawals when you win. There's odd boosts and specials each day and some super big boosts each weekend around the biggest local and national matchups. There's no feeling like nailing a same game parlay bet, so lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get up to $1,000 back with a no sweat first bet with promo code KLWB. That's promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with Vandal, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted pairs is only first online Romo first online real money wager only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is nominal drawable free bets that expire 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions apply to terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. In our number two, we are going to try to have a conversation with Jake Crane, the host of Crane and Company. And we will bring you our own picks for the college world and the NFL this weekend. And I will also force James to make a prediction on who wins the NASCAR championship on Sunday. I'm going to have you pick a driver. So we will do that in our number two, three three seven seven zero six zero one 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 hotline wide open for the rest of the show. You are listening to the game. It's one zero three seven Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Don't move a muscle. Don't hit a button. Hour number two, crunch time is next. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of a Friday fun show right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, going to the poll question of the day. Which matchup this weekend are you most ready for? East Illinois versus McNeese. Troy versus the Cajuns. Bama versus LSU. Or the Phillies versus the Astros. So far, Bama and LSU in the lead at 54.5%. Let's go to the hotline now. It is time for Jake's Takes with our boy Jake Crane. Jake, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Gentlemen, how are you doing? It's a uh, a nice Friday evening here uh, where I'm at. So let's run through this. Uh, I got to ask you first, though. Monday, Auburn announced the the firing of of head coach Brian Harson. Who do you think is replacing him? Who's going to be the head coach at Auburn this fall? Man, you know, it's so early right now. I mean, it'd be a pure guess. And typically, you know, the first guys uh, that you hear and never get the job. I I think there's some viability uh, behind Lane Kiffin. Uh, I think they may give Dion a look. But, man, you know, if I had my choice, uh, Hugh Freeze would be the guy. I like that. You know, a a lot of people want to stay away from Hugh Freeze because of the Ole Miss situation. But, I mean, 
that's been so long ago that, you know, if the guy can still coach, the guy can still coach. Yeah, I mean, look, it was a bad mistake. Everybody knows about it. Uh, the guy's won everywhere he's been. And, I mean, uh, it's something where, you know, he's done a good job at Liberty. There's stuff on the periphery with social media that some people don't like. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you're Auburn, you're in a position where, you know, you need a guy that can come in there that understands the lay of the land, that has beaten some of these teams, and he's that guy. All right, Jake, let's make some picks. Uh, let's start Texas Tech TCU. TCU, one of the last few undefeated teams in college football, and Texas Tech's playing with, with a lot to prove. Who wins that Big 12 matchup? Well, you know, look, uh, Texas Tech, I think McGuire's done a, done a really good job there. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a sneaky matchup this weekend. I mean, everybody's going to be talking about Georgia and Tennessee and, and this, that, and the other. Uh, but when I look at this game overall, I think TCU just has too much firepower offensively. Max Dugan, uh, guy that's really coming to his own. I think the Sunny Dyke system, uh, the type of offense that Sunny wants to run, really fit Max well. Uh, defensively, the question is, is TCU good enough? Uh, they have been this far, uh, but if this is a game where TCU's offense may be clicking early, are they good enough to be able to slow Texas Tech down a little bit? So I like, uh, I like TCU in this game. Oklahoma State and Kansas. You know, we, we talked we we talked week in and week out. Oklahoma State, you know, running that air raid offense with Spencer Sanders. Kansas mm-hmm. being one of the the darlings of college football, kind of fell off a little bit, but you know, still having a, a hell of a year. Who wins that matchup? You know, I think Oklahoma State's really embarrassed after last week. Kansas, we all know it's been an unbelievable story, even though they're five and three, and and you know, kind of hit tough times the schedule did get harder it's still a great story uh but i see spencer sanders and them coming out after being embarrassed 48 nothing by kansas state they're a veteran group spencer understands it uh, i know they're going to be upset with the way they played i think kansas is a one-point favorite but to be honest with you i like oklahoma state as the dog ucf and memphis in an american matchup uh you know memphis man they're just hard to trust they're just hard to trust. UCF, I know who they are. Uh, it seems like, you know, especially since the, the Houston debacle, Memphis uh, has just struggled to kind of get back off the mat. Uh, so give me UCF on the ground, finds a way. Do your do your Jags of South Alabama beat Georgia Southern tomorrow? Oh, I think they do. Uh, you know, Cone would say otherwise, being he's from Statesboro. But look, it's a tough place to go play. I get it. Uh, but South, you know, the, this team has done some really nice things. Uh, even though they let me down at home against Troy a couple weeks ago. But give me the Jags. Speaking of Troy, the, the Cajuns host them tomorrow. Who you got in that matchup? Ooh. You know, I, I, I like Troy. Uh, I, I just think uh, Louisiana's been too inconsistent. I mean, you've seen kind of the carousel at quarterback. I, I like Troy in that game. Texas, Kansas State, can Quinn Ewers and the and the mullet rise above in Manhattan? I mean, no, Quinn's got to start playing better early. The, the last two games, and, and going back to the Iowa State game, you know, he's missed some wide-open guys uh, early in the game. It's cost Texas some points and, and let other teams hang around and allowed Oklahoma State uh, to be able to continuously come back and then win it at the end. I mean, it looks like Will Howard may be the best quarterback that Kansas State has. I think Kansas State makes this thing ugly. I think they turn it into a ground game. Look, we all know B. John Robinson's really nice, but I think Kansas State finds a way this weekend. Auburn and Mississippi State. Cadillac Williams as the interim head coach. Who, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, Mississippi State by a million. <laughs> Tennessee and Georgia. 
the 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 de facto SEC East championship yeah. between the hedges. Man, you know, everybody's talking about Tennessee's offense versus Georgia's defense. I, I think the thing that this game is going to come down to is whether Tennessee can stop the run because if Georgia's able to run the ball, you'll see that play-action game open up. But the biggest thing is they'll be able to control the clock and control the tempo of the game. Uh, you have to make Tennessee play at your pace or at least throw them out of rhythm. They're like a really good uh, three-point shooter who's hot. You need to you know move him around, get him off his spot, throw, throw, throw him out of rhythm. I think George is good enough to do that. I got the dogs 38-31. LSU and Alabama. You know, LSU cannot afford to get off to the starts that they've been getting off to in these big games. They were able to come back against Ole Miss. They were able to come back against Auburn. But if they do that against Bama, I think it's going to look more like the Tennessee game they played in than either one of those two. Uh, Death Valley, we know it's a crazy place. I think they're a 13-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, I like Bama 34-24, so I think LSU covers. All right, a couple NFL games for you. Saints-Ravens on Monday night. I mean, who are the Saints? Who are who are you guys? Like, like just tell me are 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 we are we terrible or are we a team that's that, that that's going to find ways to win games and shut people out? Uh, I like Lamar in the dome, the fast track. I think Taysom Hill has a big game. I mean, Andy, Dal- Andy Dalton's been doing his thing. Uh, the Red Rifleman's been finding a way here uh, here recently. But give me the Ravens to squeak one out. Uh, Adam Roquan uh, Smith was huge for a defense that struggled to stop the run. And uh, with a guy like Alvin Kamara and then Taysom Hill and, and some of the guys that the Saints have, I think that's going to make a difference. Give me the Ravens. Well, the Saints take care of their own business has yet to be seen, but can the Chargers do the Saints a favor and beat the Falcons in Atlanta? Man, I, you know, it's, it's crazy that we're asking this question, but the Chargers are so beat up. I mean, Keenan Allen had, just had another setback. Justin Herbert's ribs have been messed up. Bose has been beat up. They lost their starting tackle, uh, Rayshon Slater, for the year. I mean, they're the walking wounded. I mean, right now, Marcus Mariota, it, you know, it's kind of like Geno Smith. They just figured it out a little bit. I, I think he's a good fit uh, in that offense that Arthur Smith and, and them have designed over there. Uh, I'm going to say no. I think the Falcons win. Rise up. Beginning of the season, did you look at this matchup between the Bills and the Jets and say, damn, that's going to be a good game? No, I, I said, damn, that's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> um, no, I mean, look, it's Zach Wilson's back riding with the fear, the Cougar Hunter extraordinaire. Uh, but they got to get more out of Elijah Moore, who's back actually playing now. And, and Brees Hall, I know, is out for the year. They added James Robinson. That offense has got to start start helping out eventually. They've won games on defense and special teams. The offense does need to start clicking. Uh, but the Bills, I mean, goodness gracious, just added Naheem Hines. Uh, that's like adding an AK-47 on a bazooka. Seahawks and Cardinals. i got to go with Kyler. He's my fantasy quarterback, and in order for him to play well, he has to know that I trust him and believe in him. So uh, I'm going to go Kyler here. you got D-Hot back. Uh, James Conner's coming back soon, but you know Benjamin's done a really good job. That the Cardinals' defense is is playing a little bit better than what I thought. And the Seahawks look—it's a great story, it's a fantastic story. But so is Hansel and Gretel. Uh, we know how that went in. So uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the Seahawks go down this weekend. Give me the Cardinals. Rams the and Bucks. Of the birds. Rams and Bucks. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, you know, no kidding. Uh, man, you know, I think Tom's pissed, obviously. There's a lot going on. 
him and Giselle just actually got divorced. I mean, even if you are Tom Brady, when the sexiest chick on the planet divorces you, it's, it's got to upset you. I think the Rams may pay the price for it. Uh, I think that I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll be able to run the ball a little bit, even though Aaron Donald's patrolling that defensive line. And I think Tom Brady checks his way, checks down his way to a, to a win here. All right, Jake, two more for you. Who wins the NASCAR championship on Sunday? Oh, um, ah, uh, a great question. Give me the guy that used the wall as the ramp. Chastain. Oh, nice. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. And then lastly, uh, give give me give me three bets you're looking out for this weekend. Ooh, okay. Um, I, I tell you, there's been a couple. You know, I flirted with the South Carolina Vandy one. Just says down, it's down at six and a half, but I, I just don't trust them. It's, it's like a person you could fit a pizza box in the in their smile. I just don't trust them. Uh, for me, I'll give you three. I'm not touching Florida, Texas A&M. Ooh, gross. Never, ever, ever. Uh, I do like Ohio State minus 38 against Northwestern because Northwestern is just not very good at playing football. Uh, and Ohio, Ohio State's continually, you know, having to prove that they belong where they're at. Uh, another one that jumps out. Look, I, I mean, I like Tennessee plus, plus eight and a half. I don't think you'd be, be crazy to buy it up to ten and a half uh, while it's up that high. And then a third one. Man. Give me uh, Syracuse plus one forty on the road at Pittsburgh. Uh, I think they want to they want to make up for the way that they play lately, especially at home against Notre Dame. Uh, so give me the Orangemen plus one forty at home. A little dog bet there. Astros win the World Series tomorrow night. Yep, I said they were going to win in six. So you know, here we go, Framber Valdez. Let's figure it out. Love that, Jake Crane. Appreciate you each and every week, bud. We'll do it again next Friday. Sounds good, gentlemen. Talk to you then. And there he goes, Jake Crane, the host of Crane and Company. Speaking of the Astros, how about busting out all the stops? It has just been announced that Jim McInvale, if you don't know him by that name, you might know him as Mattress Mac, will throw out the ceremonial first pitch before Game 6 tomorrow night. Andy Grammer will sing the national anthem. And native Texan and country music legend George Strait will do the play ball call. <laughs> That's a hell just, of a lineup. Just putting legends on legends on legends. Man, how much do you think they had to pay George Strait just to say two words? I, I, I can see the king now sitting in, his, sitting in his ranch in West Texas. Um, um, I'm gonna need like a hundred grand for that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, you know, you know, they had to pay him. I, I'm just I'm curious. Sure they did. I'm just curious what what the price tag is. I for, don't think it was six figures. Though. I mean, I don't think it was either. But like, how how much do you think he paid just to say play ball? Ten grand. I was gonna say ten fifteen k. Could you imagine seven thousand dollars a word? Play ball. Play ball. Um, thank you. That, that's a car. Good lord! But I love what what Jake said. I, I I guess Jake's not much of a NASCAR guy. Uh, <laughs> asked him who's going to win the NASCAR championship. He goes, um, the guy that used the wall as the ramp. <laughs> so if you're not if you're not sure what he's referring to, last Sunday at Martinsville when they cut it down from eight to four. So when you're on the brink of elimination, the points get scored by positioning. And so basically it was Ross Chastain and Denny Hamlin that were neck and neck in the last couple of laps battling for who was going to take that fourth spot in the championship four. 
And so basically the, the goal for Chastain was to finish the race ahead of Denny Hamlin. And on the last lap, Chastain realized that he was going to need a prayer. So he locked the right side of his car into the wall, stuck it to the wall, threw his throttle as far as it could go, and literally grinded around the racetrack and beat Hamlin by like a millisecond was one of the craziest things I have ever seen. Like, NASCAR drivers were talking to their crew chiefs after the race, and they were like, is that even legal? Like, like is he even allowed to do that? It was absolutely insane. He ruined that race car just to get that at one extra spot. Uh, but, it, I mean, hey, what, whatever you got to do to win a championship, right? As long as it's within the rules. Whatever it takes, right? Uh, so crazy impressive um, to, to see that. Uh, another thing that's going to be crazy impressive to see is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And if you want to be one of the first people to see it, text the word PANTHER to 337-283-8100 for your chance to win a spot for two on the guest list for a private viewing of Black Panther Wakanda Forever at Celebrity Theaters in Broussard Thursday night, November the 10th. Once again, text PANTHER to 337-283-8100 to win tickets for Black Panther Wakanda Forever brought to you by The Game, Celebrity Theaters, and Sherman Insurance. We'll take a timeout, and when we return, James Mesh and I will bring you our college football picks for the weekend, and we'll do NFL in the segment after that right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and it is your home for the Houston Astros and the Fighting Tigers of LSU. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back, 522. On this Friday afternoon, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. All right, James, let's let's make our, our college football selections for the, the weekend ahead. And let's start with a game that I'm really interested in tonight. Our guy Brendan Ertle will be there. It's Pac-12 after dark, Oregon State and Washington. Uh, Washington is currently a three-point home favorite, but you know Oregon State, ranked 23 in the country. They are they are not a team to mess with. It's going to be cold. It's going to be rainy, and to me that benefits the Beavers. Uh, who wins that one? Even though Washington is four four and a half point favorite. I'm gonna lean towards the Beavers as well. I th- yeah, I just I, I think I think Oregon State's got the better running game, and if if it's gonna be rainy, I mean obviously you're, you, you're gonna you want to favor the running the run game. game absolutely. Um, so for that reason alone, I think if it was clear, I'd probably take Washington. But the fact that it's supposed to be rainy, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Beavers in, in that one uh, tomorrow four o'clock at Cajun Field Senior Day for the Cajuns as they host. Troy, uh, Troy is a four-point road favorite in this one. I mean, Carlton Marshall, man. 
It's your favorite college guy. It's a different. That's a different cat. Call, did, call a cat. Call a cat. Uh, that's a different cat. And then Jared Dagey. I mean, this we're talking about a kid that was a ten thousand yard passer at West Virginia. Hates do this. Give me the Trojans. Oh, I hate to do it. I hate to do it. But I you just, lost your Cajuns card. I'm just I'm just calling it like I see it, man. I just I think the I think Troy's going to be too much. And your glasses on. Glasses on. Give me the Cajuns. <laughs> okay, I'm going to also go with Troy as well. Uh, I don't know. To me, Troy's done really well this year. Cajuns. I know that they're actually going to be sticking with Ben this whole time, is what I've been told. Yeah, they're going to stick with Ben the whole time. But I don't know. The way I see it in my mind, I can just see it. It's a, it's like a 27-21 game. Yep. Look, it's, if 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 you if you give me my vermilion colored glasses, I'm taking the Cajuns all day. I'm being realistic. I'm taking Troy. So that that's where. Not that, to say it's not impossible that no, the Cajuns I'm, I'm can get. I'm not saying it. the Cajuns are absolutely going to lose. There's no chance they're going to win. But I mean. The Cajuns are going to have to play really well against the best defense in the Sun Belt Conference. And there have been plenty of times where you've seen this Cajun offense really struggle. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Texas Tech, TCU. Can the Horned Frogs stay undefeated, James? You love TCU. I, I mean, dude, I love undefeated football teams. Except for Alabama. But wait, oh yeah, they're not undefeated anymore. Paracha. Wow. Burn! Maybe that's another sound effect we should get. Sick burn, bro. I'm gonna go with the Horn Frogs on this one. Yeah, I think this one's pretty easy to over under. Amani Bailey half a touchdown. Over. Yeah, my guy, my guy. Baylor, Oklahoma. He might, he might get two. Who knows? Oof. Baylor, Oklahoma. Dave Aranda's got a good squad in Baylor, Oklahoma. Kind of struggling this year under first year head coach Brent Venables. Yeah. I get- I, like I like I said before, I'm not touching the Sooners. Yeah, no, give me the Bears. <laughs> give me the Bears, easy. All right, well, let's let's get to the 2:30, you know, slugfest in Sanford, Georgia, or Athens, Georgia, at Sanford Stadium. There you go, Tennessee and Georgia, number one versus number three. Both teams are undefeated. The SEC East on the line. I'm taking the Vols. I am too. I'm taking the Vols. I'm taking Tennessee. I really think this is the moment where we're like, this is Hooker's Heisman moment. This reminds me so much, much of the of LSU-Alabama game in 2019. 2019. Yep, Joe Burrow. That That's the exact thing I was thinking. So like, much. This feels like what we're going to see. Yep. It's, and, it's not the same circumstances, but man. I do get that same vibe. Hendon Hooker balls out on national television tomorrow, and uh, I think Tennessee wins. Oklahoma State, Kansas. This game's tough. Give me, uh, give me the Cowboys. <sighs> do I rock chalk the Jayhawk? They've been struggling lately, man. They really have. They they kind of fell back to earth a little bit. They started five and zero, and then since then they've they've lost three straight. I just I I don't know, and I just I'd 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 love to pick Kansas. Don't get me wrong, 
but I feel like it's just one of those games where, you know, they're getting into the rough part of their schedule at a poor time. I don't feel great about this pick, but I will rock chalk the Jayhawk. Ooh. Even though, uh, no, I, I can't. I can't. I gotta can't go. I gotta. It. I gotta go with the Cowboys. Can't do <laughs> I, can't. I, re- I really tried to convince myself to do it, but I'm going Oklahoma State. Texas, Kansas State. So this game is incredibly interesting because Texas, you know, Bijan Robinson and Quinn Ewers and man, what a know, mullet! What a what a mullet! Mullets are ugly, but he's got a good one. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if that could even be a, a, a thing, but and then you know you look at you look at Kansas State and six and two so far this year. They're currently second place in the Big Twelve. You ranked 13th in in the playoff poll. Adrian Martinez and Is Deuce Vaughn. Is Vaughn a senior? Deuce Vaughn. Is he a senior? Vaughn's a junior. He is a junior. Yeah, from Round Rock, Texas. He's got 900 yards on the year, James. The, touchdown, the touchdowns aren't necessarily there, but man. But that's the thing is Bijan also has 900 yards. No, B- Bijan is... Do you know he has his own Dijon mustard? Yes, we've talked about this before. We have? Yes. He's in an NIL deal where he has Bijan's Dijon. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's incredible. Give me Texas. Give me Texas on the upset. I'll go out on a limb and I'll go with the Wildcats. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, how badly does Clemson beat Notre Dame? I don't think it's an absolute beating. I think it – I think I've said this before where Clemson, they never, they never really – they never really blow people out. They never really blow other teams true. out. That's true. And the fact that I know that I, I can't stand Notre Dame, I, I hate the fact that they always get ranked high, and then as the season goes along, they're like, oh, maybe they're not as good as we, we anticipated they'd be. No, duh, because they're not good. Especially not the Brian Kelly gone. <laughs> <laughs> like, like this this team, is it's not good. But I think the fact that it's going to be at Notre Dame, I think it gives the Fighting Irish a better chance. It'll make it a lot closer. I think that the Tigers do end up winning by about three. Spelling lesson for you. Notre uh, Dame is T-R-A-S-H. <laughs> Trash. Yeah! Woo! Uh, Florida, Texas yes. A&M in College Station. Does Jimbo Fisher push himself one foot closer to the fire? I think so. Oof. I also think that this is going to be the start of a really nice ending to the season for Billy Napier and the Gators. I think that if you win this game, it gives you a very good chance of going three and three out of four or going four for four to end the season and yeah. looking really nice. Give me Florida. Auburn, Mississippi State. This is going to be a bloodbath. Mississippi State by 20. Can I get like Mississippi State by like 40? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I, I it's It's not going to be close. No. I'm I'm no. taking the Bulldogs. Battle of Florida. How about Florida State and Miami? Florida State struggling as of late. Miami's not having a great year, but you know, let's let's talk about their future because they've got the biggest NIL budget in America. You know what that NIL budget is? Uh, according to their biggest booster, it is unlimited. He is willing to shell out however much they need to become a winner. That's hilarious. Like so, he didn't even put an actual dollar sign amount. Yeah, he said doesn't matter. What whatever whatever he said something along the lines of GTA whatever GTA money glitch. Yeah, basically 
He basically said along the lines of whatever Miami needs, I will provide. Like, uh, that's, okay. com- that's commitment. Okay. Uh, Florida State's a seven and a half point favorite in this one. And it's, but it's in Miami. Yeah, that's what makes it tricky. You know uh, what? I'm, I'm going to go Canes. I'm going to stick with the Knowles. I'm going to go Canes in an upset. I don't, I don't like the spread, but I'll, I'll take the money line of the Seminoles. Pac 12 after dark, real quick. How badly does USC embarrass UC Berkeley? Very. It's a 21 and a half point. That's too line little. That's too little. With a 60 and a half over under. Oof. Oh, that's. Oh, man. Lastly, Death Valley. The chance of rain. Well, they like. They say that it's never. It's going to rain. Alabama's a 13 and a half point favorite. I think that that is ridiculous. Um, look, what if they know something that we don't? I've said it for two weeks now. If LSU plays the way that they played for the final three quarters against Ole Miss, you're beating Alabama. And I still believe that. Now, do I believe that LSU is going to play that way tomorrow? That's a completely different... That's a completely different question and a question that I'm not going to answer. I don't know. Because if you start off slow, oh, like you're done. you have you're all done. season. If you fall behind 14 nothing, 17 nothing, you're done. You're done. Because Alabama... Now granted, this is a much weaker Alabama team than we've seen in years past. Bryce Young is not 100%. Their offensive line is not what it normally is. They don't have the wide receivers that they usually do. They don't have the wide receivers they normally do. And outside of Will Anderson and Kool-Aid McKinstry, their defense is... Okay. And the team has also been... The team has also been very... They're very undisciplined. Yes. They're very undisciplined. I was looking for the word. They've been very undisciplined. They've gotten a lot of penalties called on them. But however, with all those issues, this is still a Nick Saban coach team. Correct. If you give them a 17-point cushion, you will not catch them. You will not catch them. You have to jump on this early. Yep, absolutely. You you have to do what Tennessee did. I'm taking Bama. I'm taking Bama, too. I'm looking to be a sacrificial lamb. I'm taking Bama in a very close game. Like, down to the final possession. I think this would be a 30-27 game. Yeah, I, I could see that. I was going to say 35-31 Kind of, kind of game, um, but yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Bama in a in a very very close one. Delta Media has an immediate opening for a social media digital content manager. This is a fantastic opportunity to join our locally owned company and contribute to high performing radio and television properties. It comes with a competitive salary and excellent healthcare benefits. Come join our team and have a great time inside of a great company. Find out more at deltamediacorp.com, and you can send your resume to Shanae, S-H-A-N-A-E, at deltamediacorp.com. We'll take a timeout, and when we return, James and I will do our NFL picks right here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. 
Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I'm a great wingman. And I will always be your wingman. James, if you ever need one. <laughs> Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, 39 after the hour on a Friday fun show. All right, James, let's pick the NFL. Wait, hold on. Oh, Lord. JV just won the Player's Choice Award. Hey! JV, JV, JV. He is named the MLB Players Association Player's Choice Award for AL Outstanding Pitcher and AL Comeback Player of the Year. Love that guy. Love me some Justin Verlander. Now he just has to be handed that Cy Young trophy. And things will be... It's not really a trophy. It's more of a plaque. It's a huge plaque. It's just a firm handshake. Basically. Um, All right. Let's pick some NFL games. Let's start with the Chargers and the Falcons. Oh, man. Um, Chargers are a three-point favorite on the road. 49.5 the over-under. Austin Eckler running the show. Give me the Chargers. Chargers really need a spark, let me tell you. Austin Eckler. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> you're, you're muted for the rest of the day. <laughs> you're done. Um, I'm going to go. The Chargers, they're very injury riddled right don't now you do on it. offense. Don't you do it. They don't have Keenan Allen. Don't do it. They don't have Mike Williams. Don't do it. Josh Palmer, don't their number three receiver, is questionable. Do it. Justin Herbert's injured. Don't do it. It's not looking good for Joey Bosa either. Oh, my God. Don't do it. And the Falcons, though, they won by the skin of their teeth last, last week. They It took a penalty by DJ Moore and then a missed extra point and a Man. missed field goal by Eddie Pinheiro for them to win. You're going to keep me in suspense. Who wins? I'll take the Chargers. Yeah! Anybody but the Falcons. God, anybody but the Falcons. The Dolphins and the Bears. This game actually intrigues me a little bit. Dolphins and the Bears. Da Bears. Da Bears. This feels like a game. That's for you, Gazzolo. That the Bears could win. That's no knock to the Dolphins. The Dolphins are having a good year. Now that two was back and healthy, and obviously, you know, Tyreek Hill, but... God, Tyreek Hill, dude. He's already got 1,000 yards. <laughs> so stupid. He's already got 1,000 so yards. So stupid. It's week eight. Week nine. Sorry, week nine. Regardless. He's already got 1,000 oh, yards. Oh, no, it's slightly less impressive. Like, that's so... He's a cheat code. Why, why didn't you trade for him in your franchise? Uh, I might have to when I get home. Just trade Amon Ra and go get Tyreek. Trade Amon Ra? Huh. Maybe. Might have to do that. Or um, trade whatever picks you need. Give me the give me the give me the Bears. Ooh, interesting. I'm gonna take the Bears. I'm gonna take the Dolphins. Panthers and Bengals. <coughs> hmm. Are we actually gonna see Mayfield on the D line or <laughs> This is an intriguing matchup. No Jamar. You saw what Joe looked like, but he is now 0-4 in his career against the Browns, so I don't know if that's necessarily the Jamar effect or just 
Maybe Cleveland is just his kryptonite. This is an intriguing matchup. Said nobody ever. Give me the Bengals. I'll I'll stick I'll stick with Cincy as well. Packers and Lions. Speaking of Amon Ross St. Brown. Um what a segue. Can can he torch the Packers secondary? Yes, he can. Will he though? We don't know. And to to add to that, okay. We don't care. <laughs> Give me the Lions. I thought you. Were, I thought the way you said that. I thought you were gonna go with the Packers me, and just throw us for a loop. Give me the Lions because I hate Aaron Rodgers. I think is this one. It in, is. It's in Detroit. In Detroit. That's why. That's why I'm going with the Lions. I'm gonna go with Detroit as well. They're gonna. They're gonna get another win. Dan Campbell's gonna hit the gritty or, or something. What? <laughs> I don't know. What? <laughs> that guy. That guy's just an, a weird cat. Maybe Aiden Hutchinson can sing Billy Jean in the locker room again. Or just maybe, oh, maybe he sings like Man in the Mirror this time. Colts Patriots, how good can Sam Ellinger be? Not good enough. Give me New England. Oof, I'd I'd pick the Colts if they had Jonathan Taylor. But uh, Jonathan Taylor's out. I'd also pick the Colts if they were good. Well, that's <laughs> that's an argument for another day. That's Sam, fair. you got Sam Ellinger and Deion Jackson in the backfield. I feel so bad for Michael Pittman. The Bills. And the Jets. Pills. I mean, come on. Now, Josh Allen didn't look spectacular last game. He barely completed over 50% of his passes, and he threw two picks. But, man, the Jets, they need to get that offense going, man. Zach Wilson has looked like, as we would both say, a doo-doo butt cheeks. <laughs> doo-doo butt cheeks. Give me the Jets. Wow. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And I'm going to tell you why. They're at home. Okay. James Robinson has had a full week now to learn the offense. Uh Uh-huh. I think he has a great game. Uh Uh-huh. And I think Zach Wilson proves to the world that he deserves to be in the NFL. And Giselle (laughs) will be in the stands. (laughs) Jets win. <laughs> Caught you off guard with that one, didn't I? Uh, that, was, oh, that was actually pretty good. You're a buffoon. <laughs> Vikings and Commanders. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. It's another upset. Give me the Commanders. Uh, skull. <laughs> Come on. Give me the Commanders. Is, At home. Is this, is this a primetime matchup? No, it's a noon game. Okay. Yeah, then we're taking the Vikings. No, we're not. You get three points for me and the home team. And it's Minnesota minus three. So it's even. Actually, no, that's wrong. You're I mean, so Minnesota. Off. I mean, the other way around. <laughs> so Minnesota off. minus six. Um, I, I'm gonna. I'd like to change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to change my answer. I never claimed to be good at math. Um, give me the Vikings. Okay, I was gonna say you. You're oh, trying to figure it out, bud. Raiders and Jags. Uh, <laughs> give me the Jags. You know what I've started to notice with Trevor Lawrence this year? I love a good game. Bad game. Then a bad game. Good game. Good game. Bad, bad game. game. And he had a bad game last week. Two good games, two bad games. I he mean, had a bad game last week. So, so this is a good due, Trevor Lawrence week. He's due for a good one. This Give is a me good the Trevor Lawrence week. And they're at home, so that, that helps too. Uh, Seahawks and Cardinals. Mm, Seahawks. Cod. Cod has come out. Cod has come out. Kyler's distracted. How, what how, if, long, how long are we going to run that joke, first oh, of all? Until his career ends. 
Yeah, give me the Seahawks. Gino, I, Gino still hasn't answered. He really has not writ, wrote back, and yeah. it's, it's 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 way overdue. But the the Seahawks are five and three. Who expected that? I predicted they would go two and fifteen. Right. Like right. Um, who would have thunk it? Rams and Bucks. <sighs> Nobody wants to watch this. Cooper Cup, God, can they just both lose? It is the afternoon game on CBS, and nobody wants to watch that. Why is that the CBS game? CBS always has AFC. I guess they were slim pickings. They ran out of options. I mean, yeah, I mean. They did not pass it like Stockton. There's no 325 game in the AFC, so I mean. Because they ran out of choices. I think they, I think they had too many teams on, on bye week. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably what it is. I'm going to go – I think the fact that Cooper Cub is actually going to play this week. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you do Tampa's, have Russell Gage out. Tampa's a three-point favorite. Tampa is a three-point favorite. You got to you gotta get a big Aaron Donald game. That's my biggest thing. You need a, you need a big Aaron Donald game to mess up Tom Brady because we've seen what happens when you start messing with Tom and messing up his timing. Yep. Who wins? I'll take the Rams. Same. Titans and Chiefs, this is easy. They're in Kansas City. Yep. It's a Sunday night game. Yep. Patrick Mahomes always does well in prime time. Yep. Give me the Chiefs. Chiefs kingdom. Do I do I really need to say much? No. Okay. No. Casey. Um, I mean, come on. And then lastly, Monday night, you'll you'll hear it here on the game. And we're going to be live at Crunch Time before it. I mean, live at Twin Peaks before it. Crunch Time will be live at Twin Peaks. We'll before be live it. at Crunch Time. Um, <laughs> I mean, technically it's at Crunch Time, but anyways. The Ravens and the Saints in the Superdome. The Ravens are a two-point favorite. The Saints still have nobody to wear the uniform. Now, to be fair... It's looking very questionable for a lot of players the, on offense for the Lamar. Ravens. The Ravens are, are, are looking pretty slim, too. Um, I need Mark Andrews to play, and I need Mark Andrews to show out. Does it really matter, though? You're 1-7. I still have my pride to play for, James. James. Uh. God. Here's the thing, though. The Ravens, no matter who goes out there for Lamar, he still balls out. It's true. So, whether Mark, he'll just throw it to Isaiah Likely if he needs L- to. L- hey, don't knock on Isaiah Likely. I like Isaiah Likely. I do, too. I drafted him in my Dynasty League. So, Lamar Jackson has 1,600 passing yards and 550 rushing yards. Like, he just does it all. Just give him, like, three blockers, and, I mean, he can just do the rest. You know what's funny? He's got 20 less carries than Alvin Kamara on the year, but he's got 140 more rushing yards than Kamara. Uh-huh. He's uh-huh. A, he, his average per carry is 7.37. Two words to describe that. Built. Different. Different. B- built alternately. <laughs> built alternately. <laughs> oh my God. Bikes, brews, and omelets, too, returns this weekend. Enjoy some of the best cycling in South Louisiana and finish the day with food, beers, and live music. Register now at latrail.org for a variety of routes ranging from 10 to 100 miles. Saturday's path explores St. Martin Parish and ends up at Taunt Marie with hot gumbo, while Sunday's starts and finishes in Abbeville just in time for the giant omelet celebration. Sign up now at latrail.org. Take a time out wrap up the week.
here on Crunch Time. Next, here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the Astros and the Fighting Tigers of LSU. A recent survey said that game listeners prefer our station than filing their taxes. Take that, taxes. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, man, it's been such a fun week here on Crunch Time. Uh, James doesn't make it a whole lot of fun. It's it's just me. But, you know, it's what it is. Uh, It'd probably help if we actually did make the Saints-Ravens pick. Ravens. I'll take Ravens as well. I mean, Look, what's going to happen is the Saints are going to lose and everybody's going to say, oh, it's Mike Thomas's fault. Uh, you know, if, if he would have, you know, taken care of the injury, blah, blah, blah. Come on, man. Let's not do that. Let's not go there. Um, no, I, I think the Saints play well. I think they keep it close. But it's Lamar. I'm doing it because of reverse psychology. Oh, God. You and the sacrificial lamb stuff. Oh, I, I can't. I can't wait till you're wrong so that you can just stop doing it. I'll continue it. Oh man, I'd have to. I'd have to have like your kind of streak to where it's just like I'm just so, wrong so like ten times in a row. So I'm no longer the kiss of death. Now the bit is that you're the sacrificial lamb. Yes. Okay. Well, at least I'm not the kiss of death anymore. You, you, you you've had a little bit. It, it started to come back a little bit. You're not fully out of it. It's going to do it for this week of crunch time here on the game. want to take this opportunity to thank Barry McKnight, the radio voice of the Troy Trojans, for joining us, as well as Jake Crane, as he does each and every Friday for Jake's Takes. Monday, we will be live at Twin Peaks on Johnston. Come hang out, have a beer, have a burger, come hang out, watch the Saints game with James and I. We'll be there from 4 to 6 for the show and then for the game after that. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. We'll talk to you Monday, same time, same station. Here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, the Prep Report with James Mesh is next.